Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you, Dr. Virginia? I'm doing good. How are you, Dr. Bell? Good. I'm doing well. We have actually been in the process of finding a new church home. Um, it has been an interesting search. It's, it's, it's always a struggle for me because mm-hmm. for so much of my life, I mean, for basically you were on staff. years, I was on staff. Yeah. And, so. and so our church family <laughs> was where I served. And right. even when I was serving um, with our um, state convention, I still, you know, it was still just very different because I had this ministry that I was doing and, and we had a church home that, that we were able to, to serve as members because I was on staff with the convention, but it was still just a very different because I was still just in this very active ministry role. Mm-hmm. And so now this has really been the first time that we have really searched for a church home where it has been completely looking at the church as serving as a member and really trying to find the place where we, you know, feel like it's family and feel like, um, because we're, you know, for me, because of my background, I look at doctrine and I look at church function yeah. and I look at how the churches, you know, run and all of those things that probably the normal church member doesn't really look at, <laughs> but I'm always kind of looking for those things, but it's been a really interesting process for the last few years for me, looking at ministry in a different way outside mm-hmm. of serving on a staff, but looking at how I can connect to a ministry. And so I, I think that our discussion today sort of ties into that in the fact that I think that we are always all through our lives looking at the gifts that God has given us mm-hmm. and the calling that we has been placed on our lives whether it is to serve as a volunteer, whether it is to serve on staff, whether it is, you know, to do all of these variety of things that we have opportunities to do in ministry, but finding the way that we can best use our gifts to serve God. Yeah. And especially as a a leader or a teacher in ministry, um, you really want to understand your giftings, your strengths, your weaknesses, understanding ourselves and then being able to serve in our giftings and in our strengths can make such a huge difference with our experience in ministry, with our effectiveness. Um, And so there are a lot of ways and tools out there that are great for helping us understand ourselves, um, our strengths, our giftings, our weaknesses, all of that, and then serve more effectively within that. I've taken all of the tests. Have you taken all <laughs> we of the tests? We were just talking about that. Yes. I, I have done, uh, yes. Let's see. What we, we, I have done the DISC. I have done mm-hmm. Myers-Briggs. 
Yep. We've done what, you know, they have the, the Enneagram test now. They yeah. have what are Enneagram some of the other one that I haven't done yet. I haven't, yeah. I haven't gotten into that. I was too far into Myers Briggs a few years ago yeah. to where I'm like, ah, I've got my thing. So <laughs> <laughs> there's like, I've done, I think I have done all of them over the years because I am a little bit right. like, I enjoy. I enjoy self-reflection. I enjoy learning more about myself. I I want to know more about why I do the things that I do, like how my personality fits into all of these things. And Mm -hmm. so knowing all of these kinds of things, I love taking those tests and I love trying to, to, the spiritual gifts, you know, inventories. I love doing those. I I enjoy all of that. So yes, if, if you have never done Myers-Briggs or spiritual gift inventory. They're a, they're a lot of fun. And I think they, they give you the opportunity to really reflect on, you know, areas where you have strengths and areas where you have weaknesses. And it really gives you an opportunity to look at yourself a little bit more. And, and I, I always ended up administration teacher. Always. <laughs> always yes. The same. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. And I think, um, I think these, these sorts of frameworks there is no one end all be all framework no, that's the not. perfect framework for understanding yourself completely because people no. are way more complicated than that. And yes. no one fits perfectly into any box, no. but they can be useful for understanding ourselves better. Yes. And the the flip side of that coin as well that we want to be aware of is that we don't um, pigeonhole ourselves no. into a corner and say, well, this is just the way that I am. Well, Understanding yourself better is not an excuse for not growing (laughs) in our areas of weakness, not, um, it's not an excuse to not continue our spiritual growth, emotional, mental. Um, and and I think that so many people do use that as an excuse, you know, they will say, well, I have a dominant personality, so that's why I come across as, as being rude or, you know, I, I, no, you could just learn to be polite. You can just, you can, you can work on those things, (laughs) you know, and I think that, I think that that's something that's important for Mm -hmm. us to remember when we're working with kids, you Mm -hmm. know, that they do have the ability to control some things and they do have the ability to change some things, even if they have a a tendency to be one certain Mm -hmm. way. And, and just like the kids, we are too, you know, I've said, I've, I've taken those tests over the years, over all the years. If I had one today to take, I probably would take it again (laughs) just for the fun of it because I enjoy it. But I, there are things that I have learned over the years about myself that does, that, that has changed and things mm-hmm. in areas that I've grown and the areas mm-hmm. that I've worked on. And so we really can't take those assessments and look at them and say, well, this is the reason why I don't do this. I can't do this. You know, we, we right. can't use that as an excuse. Right. I think that we are called to grow and to mature and to, to, mm-hmm. to learn more. I don't think we ever stop learning, not just mm-hmm. about ourselves, but learning more ways that we can communicate and build relationships because relationships are what we were created for. But I think that it's just really important for us to remember that those, those things can help us right. to be able to make sure that we are serving in the area that is where God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And serving in our strengths and through our God-given personalities, because right. God made you the person that you are and gave you your natural attributes and your your natural tendencies mm-hmm. for a reason. And so it can be at times we can feel in ministry that that we're supposed to be a different way that, right. you know, people expect, you know, children's ministers to be like this or 
you know, people have this expectation that everybody in ministry is like that. And so just learning that God created you exactly as you are to right. use you where he put you, you know, he right. knows your personality. He put he you where he placed you for a purpose. He knows and he wants you, your capabilities. Yes. He knows. Yes. And he wants you to serve as you in your ministry. I was thinking, I, I can remember I was in a meeting one time where a group of children's ministers that have been serving for a very long time. I was young mm -hmm. at the time and, and newer in ministry. And I was with this group of children's ministers that had been serving for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And somebody made the statement about a, a younger children's minister that had not had any training that had not had any kind of experience that had not, um, you know, she didn't have, you know, a degree in children's ministry. She didn't have any of those kinds of things. And, and one of the ladies made a statement of, you know, she really has no business being in children's ministry. And here I was again, very young and, and also just uh, thought for a minute about what to do and opened my mouth as I often do that maybe I shouldn't do, but that time I did and said that I feel like that it is, great hubris for us to think that just because you have a certain personality or a certain experience or a certain degree, that that means that you are qualified to do something that God has called you to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you are in the position that you are in for such a time as this. God yeah. has called you into children's ministry, whether you're expecting it or planning it or not, you have yeah. been given for this time, this responsibility. And, and so God wants you to use the experience and the gifts and the talent that he has given you in this position, no matter what anybody else might think about whether or not you deserve to be there or you should be there. You are there because God placed you there. Amen. And so I think it's really important for us to be aware of our abilities, yes. but to also remember that we are trusting God to serve through us. So Amen. it doesn't mean we have to have any certain credential for God to be able to receive the glory for what we can do in our ministry. Amen. Amen. That'll preach. Um <laughs> Uh, and, and it's like, um, cause I am, so if we think about two different continuums, one being introversion, extroversion, which is one that's right. very much in the sort of cultural milieu right now, people think about right. it and talk about it. And most people right. kind of have a notion of where they land on that. I am yes. definitely more introverted. Um, if you think about another continuum of being people oriented or task oriented, right. I definitely fall on the task oriented side of things. Right. And so I am a great organizer and great planner. But whenever you think of a person in the ministry, you don't think of an introverted task oriented <laughs> person. Right. Oftentimes the kind of um, stereotype, I don't know if that's the best word to use, but oftentimes the kind of expectation right. is someone who's you know, extroverted and, you know, a wonderful people person and just a wonderful, you know, shepherd and, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, coming to, for me personally, just sort of coming to the understanding that like, I need to be aware and, mm -hmm. and, you know, even recruit volunteers in areas that aren't not my natural strength. Right. At the same time, God made me this way and he, gave me the calling that he gave me and placed me in the positions that he placed me for his purposes. And so right. 
it's not my job to question that or try to change into this whole different person. Right. You know, I am to serve God within my strengths and be aware of my weaknesses and um, recruit volunteers in those areas and right. still try to grow in those areas as well. Right. Um, but we don't do ourselves justice and we won't be as nearly effective in the ministry if we feel like we have to transform into this wholly different person and personality. Right, right. Well, and that's just it. To, to be in children's ministry, you're looking at a wide variety of gifts and expectations that must be met. It, it is not a typical job. Like, for example, if you're good with math and you become an accountant where, you know, you are going to be right. sitting all day and you're going to be working with math and you're going to be able to do your thing. Children's ministry requires a large number of skills. Yes. You know, you do have to be in some ways at some times an extrovert that can stand in front of a group of a hundred kids and teach a lesson or mm -hmm. to lead a group. You have to, to have that ability, but you also have to have the ability to be able to plan and schedule and look and at safety and security. Organize a hundred volunteers. Right. <laughs> and so, so there, there are so many different requirements right. in children's ministry. It is virtually impossible for any one person to be able to do all the things. Right. But honestly, I've met a lot of children's ministers that are trying to do right. all the things. And what ends up happening is one of two things. Either one, that person gets burned out many yeah. years before they need to be. Right. Or two, the ministry is just not well run. And things start to fall apart pretty quickly because right. again, it's, it's like you said, you, you have to be aware of your strengths and your weaknesses and you have to be aware of those times when you mm -hmm. can stand in front of a crowd or you can sit and, and do the planning. You have to be familiar with that, but you also mm -hmm. can't expect to be able to change into someone that you're really not. It's, it's right. going to come through in the work that you do. And so I think that we have to be very aware of the things that we are good at and the things mm -hmm. that we struggle with and embrace mm -hmm. that and be right. fine with it right. because we, right. no matter what, there might be an expectation from someone saying you have to be everything. Mm -hmm. It is not realistic to think that you can be everything. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And so, and even kind of going to this idea of, recruiting volunteers and getting help in areas that aren't your strength. And so, you know, like for me, like I said, I'm introverted, I'm task oriented. And so recruiting key leaders or door greeters or desk workers, people who are more of those extroverted social butterflies, you know, just wonderful, warm, outgoing people surrounding myself with those kind of people right. that way as a whole, you know, our ministry is this warm, welcoming place. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I have other people coming alongside me and just lending their natural gifting and their natural, mm -hmm. just how God made them to creating that environment that doesn't come as naturally to me. Right. Um, and then the flip side of that, maybe you are that warm, welcoming, outgoing person, but 
You need to recruit people who are very administrative, who yeah. know how to do spreadsheets and can right. do the spreadsheets and help you with the organizing and help clean up your supply closet and help organize the volunteer schedule. And so mm -hmm. God makes all kinds of people to fill all kinds of roles. And it's yes. just being realistic about where your strengths and weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. And then identifying those people who your area of weakness is their area of strength. And then strategically placing them into these leadership roles alongside you. We have great mm -hmm. episodes about recruiting key leaders. Yes. So there's, <laughs> we have more about that as well. Um, but today just we're talking about and thinking about, you know, knowing and understanding ourselves. So. Right. And I think that's important because part of serving your ministry well mm -hmm. is making sure that you are providing for all of the needs of the ministry. And I know I, I was working with a children's minister a few years ago, was consulting on some things for the building. And he was just one of those types of ministers that was very outgoing and loved spending time with the kids and loved being on stage and love acting silly and loved doing all of those kinds of things. And he was very good at, at connecting with the kids and, and teaching those Bible lessons to, you know, really help them understand. Um, but he was not strong in administration. He, mm -hmm. he didn't have things calendared correctly. He hadn't been planning for the future. He had really not been doing all of those little things. He wasn't providing the supplies that were needed and teachers were getting frustrated and, mm -hmm. and things were happening in the ministry that was really frustrating. And he had the opportunity to hire an assistant children's minister Mm -hmm. And he chose to hire someone exactly like himself, you know, just a young man who is very outgoing and very good with the kids and very, yeah. but again, had really no experience in administration. And so right. one of the things I think is really important is that even though you might naturally draw to people who are very much like yourself yeah. and have that same personality and you want to pour into them and you want to help them it's really important that we think about the needs of the ministry. Mm -hmm. He had this opportunity to hire somebody to come alongside of him. And mm -hmm. personally, I think that for him finding somebody that had those administrative skills right. that could really help him with the planning and the supplies and training teachers and doing those kind of things would have been much more helpful for his ministry because mm -hmm. here now they're both struggling and not knowing what to do. Right. And so I think that even though, you know, I'm sure that there was a reason behind the thought process of the hire, mm -hmm. I think that it's just really important that we kind of sit back and have that opportunity to think, how can I find somebody that I could partner with that has strengths where my weaknesses lie right. so that we can provide a, a well-rounded ministry for our families right. and for our children. And, and we tend to lean toward things that we're comfortable with, things that feel familiar. And so of course it would be tempting to hire someone who's exactly like us. Right. Um, you know, and no one wants to to set up a situation where it's like, man, I, this person and I, we're always going to view things differently, right. but that's a strength. I right. mean, it can be, um, it takes some intentional um, work, you know, as, as you're working with people who view things differently, but oftentimes mm -hmm. as you're working together, the ideas that come out of that are so much better than you could have thought of on your own because right. of the differing perspectives. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So I think that I think it's important for us to know these things and be all right with that. Not not trying to be that super person that can do all things and that can doesn't need any help and doesn't need anything because we we do. That's not realistic. Yeah, you can't do children's ministry on an island. You can't do it by yourself. It's just not possible. You have Mm -hmm. to have a community of people that are serving Mm -hmm. in a variety of ways, and so it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And so some of the resources, let's talk through and think through some of the resources. So we kind of mentioned right. stuff like DISC, D-I-S-C, right. Myers-Briggs, that one's kind of old, but it kind of mm-hmm. comes in and out of fashion. As I started to say some of these are just <laughs> solid, you know, yeah, like I can yeah. remember the very first time I ever took the DISC, the D-I-S-C, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. was actually in a summer job that I had. I mentioned before that I did customer service during the summer uh-huh. um, when I was in college. And basically they would, they required all of the employees to take the DISC when you mm-hmm. came in, like mm-hmm. on your first day. Fun. And then literally in the, now this is, I'm dating myself big time. Um, in the handbook that we had that had everybody's names and phone numbers so that you uh-huh. could, you it know, had, did it have your letters? It actually had a, <laughs> like a, a paper, you know, the book that uh-huh. had all of the information and it had your letter beside your name. Oh, and the idea behind it was because the, the, uh, the people who ran the, the company really believed that to communicate, it helped for you to know mm-hmm. what type of personality, because you might not work with a person because it was a large company. So you might not right. ever see a person, but you needed to call them to ask them a question about something right. that was happening. Right. And this way you would have just a little bit of insight to know how to approach that person and how to talk to them. And so, yeah. um, you know, so that was the first time I took the DISC. And so it's that <laughs> so interesting funny ways that we can take these tools that some of them might be considered older, but to be able to take these tools and to really get some insight into how you communicate, how you look at the world, how you interact with other people. Yeah. So yeah, Myers-Briggs, DISC, Enneagram is one of the new ones that I'm not very familiar with. Um, One that I found recently from listening to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, which we've talked Mm -hmm. about before and which we love, is... um, this and I've been listening to the book is called Working Genius by Pat Lanchoni. Who okay. Pat Lanchoni, he's written tons of books on leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is his newest one, and he's got a working genius podcast that I've been listening to that's like super interesting. And so oh, cool. it's about understanding yourself mm-hmm. and the ways essentially like your sort of natural ways that you work well, mm-hmm. um, your working genius, and like then also your um you know, the ways that you naturally do not work well that are more right. of a challenge. And so that one's been a really interesting one to listen to. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And another book that I've read um, fairly recently that I thought was great um, was Cues by Vanessa Van Edwards. And mm-hmm. so it was a very interesting book for me because, again, because we're both, you know, sort of nerds who love all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I thought it was very practical in that what, whatever your personality is, if you are um, more of a people person, you're more extroverted, you're more warm, or whether you are more of an introvert or more like, you know, um, very direct, right. either way, she teaches you subtle body language and subtle cues to help you um, sort of balance out your natural cues. Because one of the right. things she talks about in the book is that if you are one of these, you know, 
warm, friendly, outgoing, golden retriever sort of people <laughs> right? Um, that sometimes they aren't taken very seriously. Right. Um, sometimes they're trying to communicate a very serious message and it's not always received, right. you know, with the weight that they want it to be received. Mm -hmm. Or if you're, you know, these sort of introverted, very factual, you know, ABC kind of people, which is my, yeah. which is what I am. <laughs> sometimes you can come across as cold or unfriendly, mm -hmm. which I definitely don't want to do. And so trying to be intentional about sort of incorporating just subtle body language right. to, for me, <laughs> sort of warm up and become and, and come across as warm and approachable and friendly because right. I'm never going to be the social butterfly that lights up a room. That's just not who it's God not made you. me to be. Yeah. But I always want to be warm, approachable, friendly, kind. I always want that to be the perception of who I am, Right. Um, you know, even knowing that I'll never be the social butterfly and being okay with that. So. Right. Well, and that's what, that's the whole point is that God created each one of us individually in, in a special way. And mm -hmm. so we, we need to embrace the things about ourselves that we know that God has given us because there's, there's no right or wrong to it. It's not right. right to be an introvert and wrong to be an extrovert or the other way around. It's, it's who we are and it's how right. we function and it's how we were created and we need mm -hmm. to accept that and, and embrace it and, mm -hmm. and not be, because that's one of the things is that so many times, especially when people start talking about like the Enneagram and some of these others that have become so popular in recent years, mm -hmm. there's some people that will look at things and I've seen them ask people and say, well, it's a bad thing to be this number, or it's a bad thing mm. to be this, or in, and that's the whole point. None of these tests are designed to say you are bad or you are good. Right. It's our own perception that we take and think, mm -hmm. oh, if somebody is an introvert, then that's a bad thing. Or if somebody mm -hmm. is a leader, that's a bad thing. Or if you mm -hmm. are type A personality, that's a bad thing. It's, it's not, right. I think any of the personality types, I think any of our giftings, I think any right. of them can be a negative if we use them incorrectly or right. we lean too heavily into them. Right. I, I think the idea though, is to know yourself well enough, mm -hmm. you know, for me, it's, you know, you, you've talked about sort of your testing results and how, you know, things come out and how, how your personality is. And, and for me, I have always wanted to be an extrovert and have worked my whole life to be one because I thought that was what I was supposed to be as a leader. And I have found that I, I'm a mix and, and, and there's a name for it and I can't think of it right now. The ambivert. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's it. <laughs> I was like, I was trying to remember because because it took me a lot of years to finally go. You know what? I I I can be an extrovert, but mm -hmm. I really need those times where mm -hmm. it's just me. I need to be able to recharge. I am not constantly an extrovert and I don't constantly need to be around people, mm -hmm. but I do need to have those times where I'm on my own and can decompress and kind of, mm -hmm. you know, calm myself down and, and rest a little bit because I, I'll get overloaded. And it wasn't until I realized that was okay. Yeah. You know, it, it took a lot of years for me to go, oh, wait, it's okay that sometimes I need to have this time by myself or that I need to do this. Mm -hmm. That's not something that's bad. That's mm -hmm. just part of, of who I am and how I'm built and what I need to be able to do. Right. And so I think that it's, I think it's healthy for us to be able to embrace the things that God has given us, mm -hmm. but also to, to try to learn from them and, and right. find ways where we can still, 
you know, have relationships with people and meet people where they are and, and still be okay. And so if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so we kind of touched on this as well earlier, but, um, like spiritual gifts tests, like those can be very useful as well. Again, we can't use them to pigeonhole ourselves. You're like, well, I can't stack chairs because stacking chairs (laughs) isn't my spiritual gift. (laughs) But we did talk about a little bit about this before we started recording. Um, I mentioned that I I took a spiritual gifts test as like a teenager. Uh And um, what came back for me was teaching and administration. And I had no framework for the administration part of that. I mean, obviously I knew what a teacher was. Right. Um, But I was like, I don't know. Okay, whatever. (laughs) But, you know, it's funny because God has unfolded that so many times, you know, over the years and utilized that. So it makes a lot more sense now looking back. But things like that can be very useful as well. Um, And you're saying that you, we're kind of in that same spot too. So yes. Right. Well, that's why I said, I tested in my, when I was young, I always tested administration and teaching. And, and if I, like I said, if I took it today, I would be administration and teaching. Um, It's been different seasons as to which one came up as a one Mm -hmm. and which one came up as a two. Uh, but, uh, but typically those have just that, those were the giftings that God gave me. And I really tried to, and I, I'm telling you, if you have a gifting, you know, when, when I went into college as, uh, as an undergraduate, when I was, you know, 18 years old and I was, was going into college, I started out as pre-law. Um, and then, me too. um, I didn't know I, that, I didn't know that <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because, you know, I had, I had thought younger, I'd always wanted to teach. Teaching was what I wanted to do. And, and my parents, were, were very blunt in that they were like, you'll never make any money as a teacher. So no, mm-hmm. you know, you need to go into something else. And so literally those, that first year of college, I was pre-law and realized I, I couldn't, I just, mm-hmm. I, I hated it so much. And then I was business administration, you know, business administration. Mm-hmm. And then I tried communications <laughs> and I tried, I, 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 you know, like, and, you know, every test I took said the same thing that I was an educator and I ignored every one of them. And I tried everything because, you know, and finally just had to, to sit my parents down and say, look, I, I, I appreciate it, but I think that this is what God has called me to be. I am, I'm supposed to go into education. Teaching is what I'm supposed to do. And so my second year of college, I, I went into the education program and didn't look back. And so it is that sense of like, sometimes we have these things that we want to try to force ourselves Mm, to do because we think it's what we should do. But I really think that when God gives us a gift, when he puts something in our heart, when he places us in certain places that we just know that that is who we are and what we're supposed to do. Right. right. And so that's when we need to finally just, you know, embrace it and accept it. And move forward with it. And, uh, you know, and then you get to the, the wonderful adventure of seeing how God takes yeah. each step and leads you to exactly where he wants you to be at exactly the time that he wants you to be there. Yeah. Amen. No matter what anybody else expects from you, but to be able to really embrace what he's called you to do. And so... I think being familiar with our gifting, being familiar with the the gifts that God has given us, the talents that he's mm-hmm. given us to be able to do that. Because again, it's like you said, if you are a kid, 
and you were supposed to be a teacher, it is really hard. You know, you have all of these kids that like, they're really good at playing the piano or they're really good at playing right. basketball and they find their gifts really right. early. Yeah. And then there's me who, I mean, teaching and administration is it. As a third grader. It's not as exciting as being an astronaut. It's not as exciting as a lot of things. And it's also not as noticeable. Like it was right. like, I'm really lousy at everything I try to do because right. I'm not, you know, like, and so you can have that frustrating, but, but like I said, sometimes it just takes time for certain giftings to show and for those opportunities to be placed before you. And so I think that it's just, it's, it's, it's exciting to see, but it is very stressful when you're making those decisions. Right. And I think once we are able to recognize our own giftings and we're able to recognize our strengths and our weaknesses, it helps us to be able to see strengths and weaknesses in others. And it really mm-hmm. becomes very useful information when we are placing volunteers right, into right. positions with our ministries. Right. And, and it's very difficult. And so part of the reason why what we were talking about and why, why we wanted to do this episode, it's very difficult to make accurate self-assessments. <laughs> um, we tend to either, you know, be very aspirational and think of ourselves how we want to be, but maybe we aren't actually that way, or mm-hmm. we tend to be very hard on ourselves and overly negative. And so it's difficult to, to view ourselves accurately. And so whenever we, and that's, it's that way for everybody just in the whole world. Right. So whenever we go to a person and say, man, I have watched you do X, Y, Z really well. Right. I think this is an area of strength. This is an area of gifting that I see in your life. Sometimes people can be like shocked. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, Um, many times I've had people look at me and go, I could never do that. No. And yeah. And you're like, no, but you did A, B, and C, and you did it super well. Like, that's why I'm coming to you. I've I've seen this in you. I've identified this in you. And that's why I'm coming into to you, asking you to, you know, fulfill this particular role, fulfill this particular need that we have in the ministry. And so, you know, people oftentimes just aren't good at self-assessment, aren't good at identifying their own strengths and weaknesses. And so like, just like what you're saying, the better we understand ourselves, the better we understand these key characteristics and these key traits, the better we can also help other people see things in themselves they may not readily identify and help them get into areas of service that are also in line with their areas of strength. Right. I think that that is our, one of the biggest problems that we have in children's ministry is that so often when we need someone, we, we, we go up in front of the church, we ask the pastor to, to, from the pulpit to just say, we need volunteers for children's choir. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have people that hear that, Mm -hmm. but they're never going to assume, oh, that's something that I could do, or that's something that I would enjoy they, right. they just aren't there's there's just it it very rarely ever clicks that way mm-hmm. but if you can go to the adult choir mm-hmm. and talk to some adult choir members that love right. choir and that love singing and go to them specifically and say you know what you are such a strong choir member and you love music it's obvious and I can see it in your face and in the way you do things 
Have you ever thought about serving in children's ministry, leading the children's choir or helping with the children's choir? Mm -hmm. And so that changes the way that you are helping a volunteer find themselves because you find somebody that already has this gifting. Obviously, mm -hmm. music is already this gift. But then you have to help them because I had a, 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 a church where I was working with the ministry and they had just done that. They had gone to the choir. They had found this woman who loved choir. She loved children. She really was very excited about being the new. She was very excited about being the new you know, choir leader for the children's ministry. But then the children's minister asked her to lead a 20 minute Bible study devotional before mm. choir started because they, mm -hmm. they did like a, they did a two hour kind of thing and they right. wanted to, you know, like the first half to be devotions and she just panicked right because Bible study was not something she considered to be her strength. And she was right. very nervous in front of the kids trying to teach a Bible lesson. Plus it was right. on top of everything she was trying to prepare the and choir. her own things. Yeah. yeah. And so we actually, you know, found somebody that could, teach that Bible study mm -hmm. for her at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And she was so excited and so grateful and was just in, yeah. in because it was just this load that was taken off of her because for the children's right. minister to lead a 20 minute Bible study where you're given the material seemed like right. it was no big deal. You're like, Oh, this is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for her, it was a deal breaker. Like she was ready right. to, even though she loved the choir aspect, she was ready to walk away. And so it's right. finding somebody that's gifting is, is there, mm -hmm. but also making sure that you're not asking them to do more than their gifting right? when you bring them in, you know, that would be when you would pair them with somebody else or, you know, mm -hmm. And, and we talk the, about this more in our episodes about recruiting volunteers, right. but, you know, whenever I talk to people, I always ask them, you know, where, where have you served in the past? What have you enjoyed doing? Um, you know, what are your favorite things to do? Mm -hmm. um, so like right now we're in big VBS <laughs> recruitment mode, oh, trying yeah. to get those last few people. So it's like, you know, have you served in VBS before? What have you done? What have you loved doing? You know, cause sometimes they'll be like, well, you know, I did recreation, but I really didn't enjoy it. But right. there was one year when I did music and I loved that. And right. so, you know, just trying to have those conversations, yes. you know, with, with people as you're recruiting them to try to get a really good feel for for their interests and for their passions. And so just because they've done something for years doesn't mean that it is their strength and what they love. Sometimes they mm -hmm. have done recreation for years because there was a need and they felt like they should fill the need and it's right. not their passion or, right. or, you know, whatever. And so just trying to, mm -hmm. trying to be aware of that and help people um, identify that as well. And right. there well, is a strength and gifting. And I think having those conversations are so important because you might have somebody that's serving in youth ministry because they have a teenage mm -hmm. child mm -hmm. and they think, well, I thought that I was, you know, I'm a parent. So I thought I had to be serving, you know, mm -hmm. and having conversations with people. Sometimes you find out, well, really they prefer to work with preschoolers. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, you, know, you don't have to serve where your kids are, you can come serve in preschool ministry right. and have, you know, it, it's, it's fine. There's no expectation of what you mm -hmm. have to do or what you have mm -hmm. to be. Um, and, and again, even in Bible study, when you have that, like to have somebody that says, I'm not super comfortable teaching Bible to kids. Well, you know, would you be an assistant teacher and we'd have mm -hmm. a teacher that leads the Bible and you could be in charge of doing the craft or you could be in charge right. of doing the games or, you know, 
really having those conversations where you find out where would you be comfortable serving? Would Mm -hmm. you be comfortable being the second person in a room? Right. Or it might be a person that, you know, they would be better for your, as your hall director, or maybe just as handling all of your visitation type stuff, or maybe as working in your resource room, organizing Mm -hmm. your, you know, and not necessarily working directly with kids, but having those other opportunities where they can serve is huge. Absolutely. You know, this is my heart's desire when I work with children's ministers is to help Mm -hmm. them see that God has placed them where they are to use the gifts that they have to be able to minister to children and their families. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always going to be those people that are trying to discourage and Mm -hmm. that are trying to point out flaws or trying to point out what we don't do or what we haven't done or how we aren't behaving the way they think that we should or all of those kinds of things. But I think the most important thing that we can remember is that God has called us here for a reason and for a purpose. Mm. And we just keep our eyes on him and on what he's called us to do and relying on him to serve Mm -hmm. through us and to work through us and just be willing to learn and grow and accept your weaknesses and admit your mistakes and and move forward Mm -hmm. to be able to try to, to improve and to try to learn and to just minister more. And so I don't want anyone to feel alone in the way Mm. that they might feel about how they are perceived or how hard it is to serve in children's ministry, because it can be so difficult. Um, But there are also so many blessings and so many rewards from it as well. And so we just wanted to take some time and encourage you in that and let you know that you're not alone, but also to let you know that we are just so very proud of the work that you are doing and how hard you are trying to serve God in your ministry. And I hope that we were helpful with that today. Dr. Virginia, it's been fun talking to you and I look forward to us having a conversation again soon. Everyone have a great week and take care. Bye-bye.